New year, new movie. No old acquaintances will be forgot this week as we watch a country music star, a snowplow driver, an architect, and the town mayor walk into a bar. They both order a drink. There's 352 days until Christmas, and you're listening to The Christmas of a Lifetime. Let's bring the Christmas spirit in the air, the air, and let's turn the lights down low, and make some hot cocoa, and watch the falling snow, and look at the beautiful Christmas lights, look at our favorite Christmas movies, buy the presents under the Christmas tree, so join us to have Christmas of a lifetime, Christmas of a Hello, and welcome back to The Christmas of a Lifetime. I'm your host, Jacob Osterman, and with me, as always, is my brother, Jesse Austin Brenneman. Hello, Jesse. Merry Christmas, Jacob. We're here, Southeast Michigan. It's winter. We're in January, beginning of January. Very excited as we're recording. Today is a Tuesday. Three Kings Day is coming up on January 6th, and as we all know, that's the end of the 12 days of Christmas. Very now exciting. we have yet we have yet to see a movie that actually uses the twelve days of Christmas appropriately. Often other twelve related numbers. Yeah, but not I, for lack I can't of wait. trying. <laughs> not for lack of trying. We've seen several different movies so far with twelve associated with twelve with a dozen. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm just waiting to see that one that actually ends on Three Kings Day somehow incorporates that. Maybe it's going to have George Clooney in it. I don't know. We'll, we'll take a look. I'm always on board. We have some serious stars coming up soon, but I don't mm-hmm. think George Clooney is on our list. I believe he is in a movie called Three Kings, but that, that may be <laughs> not, on the, not on, not on not L.com's Christmas. ranking. <laughs> it's not on L.com's ranking. So what do, what do we do? We do every week, my brother and I, Jesse, mm-hmm. we, we come onto this podcast and we watch a new original Christmas movie from the Lifetime channel. And... Every week, we like to start off with a little bit of trivia about the movie in a segment we call The Stocking Stuffer. Jesse, did you bring anything in your stocking for our listeners today? Any, I any did. Little, maybe, you know, maybe in a moose-bouche, if you will. Okay. You know, I feel... I'm just taking a, just that. something small. I'm taking that in the generous spirit that it was offered that you like how I call the stocking stuffer an amuse bouche because that's that is what it is. It is an aperitif. It's, a, it's amusing. It's it, and it is amusing. It is also so. amusing. So what I have for you this week, Jake, and you you may have missed this detail in the movie. I love Lifetime original Christmas movies, of course, and I'm watching these closely. And the movie that we watched this week, Sweet Mountain Christmas, was Sweet the Mountain classic Christmas. archetype of the mold. And so I had a lot of time to pay attention to some of the details in the background in the scenery. Now, okay. I don't know if you caught this because it wasn't said that many times, but in the beginning we find out, and we'll get to this when we talk about the the plot of the movie, but Megan Hilty, the star, Lainey Blue, the country star, the big conflict is she has to get to New York city, get out of Baxter mountain, Tennessee mm-hmm. and get to New York city to perform at a Christmas show. Yeah, it was very now, difficult. She had a lot of trouble. Do you remember it. what the Christmas show was called? I do not, Jesse. I was Jacob, paying more attention stuck with to her me. costume in that It, in that it scene. stuck with me. It stuck with me here because it was called Santa Palooza. And I was like, this is an amazing name. <laughs> and so, of course, I looked into it. And there is a Santa Palooza in New York City, Jake. Well, actually, it's in Greenwood Lake, New York, which is about half an hour to the, the north. Metropolitan but very close. Area. It's in the New York metro. Okay. But what I was confused by here, Jacob, is that, and this is my, my stocking stuffer for you, is that Santa Palooza, which has happened for many years, including the years that this movie was made in 2019, is a charity drive in which people from Greenwood Lake, New York, and the surrounding environs all get on their paddle boards in December, dressed up as Santa Claus, and paddle around for charity. And they raise food and money for the Greenwood Lake Food Pantry, which is a very worthwhile that's cause. That's an so I just cause. wanted to signal boost. I really love that Lifetime Network was, you know, 
giving a little shout out to the Jersey Paddle Boards Company shop and, and the people involved with the Greenwood Lake Food Pantry and the Santa Palooza. And hopefully Megan Hilty can get out there next year and, and actually sing at their Santa Palooza. So I'm sorry that scene wasn't in the movie, but I expect it to happen in real life. It's my stocking stuffer for you. I, I do appreciate, of course, that Lifetime, the people who make these movies, do put these real places and real events into their movies it makes it feel more of our world lived in really lived in for sure Absolutely. lived in for sure it's these details that really make it a believable experience now i've got i've also got a small stocking stuffer if you will it's maybe okay. more of a sticker sheet than a candy cane you know not not as useful not as delicious we can still have some fun with it the two stars of this movie jesse are megan hilty of course playing mm-hmm. the lead role and Lady. marcus rosner playing her uh former boyfriend now, yeah. I did a little bit of digging into the careers of these two actors, and I found some interesting things. Now, we've, you and I have talked at length about the, what we call the Lifetime ecosystem, where when you're, if you're an actor, if you can get into Lifetime movies, they like to use the same actors over and over again because they are well-connected, they know that they have quality talent, so they like to use them over and over again. Now, Marcus Rosner, Jesse, has been in six Lifetime original movies and 15 Hallmark original movies, which is a stellar sheet for any actor. You know, it's a, it's a career that any actor would be proud of. Now, do Megan we know Hilton, how many of these were Christmas movies? <laughs> they were most of them were were not Christmas movies, unfortunately oh, for okay. us. So we won't we won't get to see him. We won't. He's get not to at see like an again. MJH level. No, he's not. not an MJH, but but, but he, he is, is a lifetime. A, he's he's part of their 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 troupe. Right, yeah, the house, exactly. the house band, if you will. Yeah, Megan Hilty, in, in contrast, has only been in three Lifetime original movies. One is this one, Sweet Mountain mm-hmm. Christmas. Another is another movie made in the same year in which she also played a country music star. But then, I think more interestingly to us, she will appear again at number fifty-three, Santa's Boots. Well, Megan Hilty will come back, and we will see her again that's on actually, this. List I'm excited for about that. About a one. year from now. Santa's boots. Santa's what stories boots. they could tell? What stories they could I mean, tell? I don't know if those Can't boots are one. made for walking, but I'm expecting that's just what they'll do. I, you know what? I, now that I'm looking at it, we're going to get to that one sometime around Christmas of this year, of 2022. Yeah. So that's going to be exciting. Yeah, I think that we'll have to remember back to Sweet Mountain Christmas and compare sort of how she grew. Uh, Santa's boots was 2018. Sweet Mountain Christmas 2019. She clearly had grown back more. And I'm expecting great things this year maybe next year, as she continues to move through the Lifetime ecosystem. Well, we've had our stocking stuffer. We've hung our stockings back up on the mantelpiece, Jesse. With care. But there, with care, as always. But there is one reason why we're here, Jesse, and that is the reason for the season. And the reason for the season is, is where we talk about the movie of interest, the movie that we've watched and have taken a particular interest in. Jesse, what movie is that this week? J- Jacob, the reason for the season this week is the movie Sweet Mountain Christmas. Sweet Mountain Christmas. <laughs> it, it sounds just as good saying it now as the first time we said it. Every time I have stubbed my toe this last <laughs> week, I've exclaimed sweet mountain christmas my children now think it means something very very bad (laughs) so they'll have to watch the movie later in order to really understand it but the reason for the season this week sweet mountain christmas as you said stars megan hilty and marcus rosner and it's centered around this character laney blue who is a famous country music star the movie opens with this great shot of la palm trees it's a it's a tracking shot over Mm -hmm. a car It reminded me a lot of the Big Lebowski opening, sort of setting the stage for L.A., really giving us that L.A. exterior shot feel. And we're introduced to Lainey Blue, who, by panning over her Country Music Awards gold record, she has a lot of accomplishment in this field. But we find out that her career is fading. She's meeting with her manager, Danny, who wants her to make drastic changes and actually cross over from being a country star and really just really in that country segment and move over to mainstream radio to pop and become more of a pop star 
right? We're t- thinking maybe yeah. like a Miley Cyrus situation, something like that. It's it's pretty drastic, and, and it she immediately feels out of her comfort zone. Her ma- manager Danny is trying to get her to try on different costumes, different outfits that she doesn't really feel comfortable with. She says, you know, she's a jeans and cowboy boots kind of gal. And her manager is putting her in all these outfits that she frankly doesn't care for and, and yeah. feels uncomfortable in. But And I think we're going to see uh, that throughout the movie, Jacob, right? Mm-hmm. Is she's really searching for her authentic self. Yes. Right? Absolutely. And she's being pushed. These external forces are always pushing her to be something that she's not. And But she really retains true power from being herself. And mm-hmm. I, I think that's that's what I got out of the movie. And I think from the first scene, we're seeing that, that she's being pushed mm-hmm. to try and be something she's not, but she's really not feeling it. Yeah. So Lainey is told by her manager that, you know, she's had some issues, but her manager has managed to land an incredible gig. As you mentioned earlier, her manager has landed her the Santa Palooza gig. Now, this is a Christmas Eve gig that could kickstart her pop career. Now, yeah, this all, is sort of playing at the ball drop at New Year's Eve, right? This is Saturday Night Live level. being the music act, but for the Christmas episode, maybe. I don't know. It's something very, very big where she can launch her new pop star image with her new pop song and dance moves and, and brand and become the new Lainey Blue and, you know, pivot her career in this pop direction. Yeah. Now, she responds immediately with, that's great. And then realizes that this is going to actually severely cut into her Christmas vacation. Lainey Blue has originally hails from Baxter Mountain, Tennessee, but has mm-hmm. not been back in several years. Uh, her she left in order to become a famous country star icon, and she's managed to do that by staying true to her Baxter Mountain roots. She sings country music. She si- sings and brings with her the town in which she grew up, but she just can't get back there. It's, it's out of the way. It's difficult. There are people there who are in her past who maybe she doesn't want to remember as much, but this year she was planning on going back and spending a week with her mother, just doing Christmas stuff. You know, we love to see that. We love to see families reconnecting at the holidays in our Christmas movies, but this Christmas Eve gig, as the name suggests, it's Christmas Eve and it takes place in New York. So she's going to have to leave Tennessee several days early in order to get to New York City and practice, rehearse, and get ready for this big Christmas Eve event. And the thing that I really came out is like how uncomfortable she was with the pop persona. Mm-hmm. And I think that she you were talking about practicing. She's this really accomplished music star. You think she could just get up, and she actually does later in the movie, just get up and perform and knock the lights out, right? Yeah. But... She's doing this pop. She's not comfortable with the choreography. It's different costumes, different singing, different style of music. So she really does need time to get there to rehearse with the band, rehearse with the backup dancers, and do this different style of music she's not used to. So she has this new plan where she's going to fly to Baxter Mountain, or fly to Tennessee, drive to Baxter Mountain, see her mom. Instead of staying for the week, she's only going to stay for one day. And then drive out and catch a plane back to New York City, out to New York City, and then do Santa Palooza. So this is the main conflict, is this is the whole driving force of the plot in this movie, is her attempts to get out of there. Now, when we, after we see her talking with Danny and that she's booked this gig, she flies in her private jet out to Tennessee. We see her get this rental car, which will become important. I think it is, mm-hmm. actually, let's pause Jacob and discuss this, because... <laughs> Another very important plot point of this movie is that the rental car that she gets rented, you know, you pointed out that the person who rented it to her was sort of, the actor was making some really, I'll say extreme choices. Bold. In the character. Bold, bold, bold the choices. Uh, bold uh, he's choices. wearing a bow tie. This is a Tennessee man. Now, they could have gone with her being welcomed back to Tennessee by someone wearing, as she mentioned, cowboy boots and jeans, but they chose a bow tie wearing puffy jacket man which i i appreciate it i liked i liked the actor i thought he was doing a good job but it mm. was a bold it was a bold choice for well here's actor. the other bold choice that that rental agent made and that was to give her a 2017 hyundai accent all right <laughs> this is a small subcompact car now jacob as you know i am a subcompact car aficionado i i would call you a subcompact person personally <laughs> 
I don't think ever, anyone's ever called me subcompact. But yeah, maybe not. But the point here is that the Honda Fit is to me one of the top cars that you can I owned one for many years, many friends yeah. that own them. The Hyundai Accent, you know, it's a it's a little bit worse. <laughs> uh, you're you're giving up at least 5 mpg in the city uh, yeah. to the Honda Fit. You're giving up with the seat area seven cubic feet of cargo space and they're very similarly sized cars and there are no fewer than six less cup holders which is my ultimate measure of how good a car is so honda fit clearly wins i wouldn't say no if i was at a rental place to a hyundai accent except in this case where he also tells her that there is a winter storm planned and that she should drive carefully i'm not sure how you drive a 2017 hyundai accent carefully in a winter storm on a mountain you're road. not you're not going to have the all-wheel drive you're not going to have the it's power not all-wheel to make drive it through to make it through the it's uh, it's a rampant in the snow rampant 137 horsepower jacob <laughs> it's all right not very many ponies under that hood is all i'm saying not very many ponies jesse right. i do want to mention that this little tangent and you know we hate yeah. going on tangents on this podcast. it's true this little tangent has cost us any chance we had at a hyundai sponsorship so <laughs> Look, they I have was, many great I, I cars, and there's some, lots of was, uses for the Hyundai Accent. I was going to bring this up. It, I, I had something in the works, but that's we've okay. Had, we've had well, to scupper that now. Worth it, all right? <laughs> <laughs> that's what this podcast is about, speaking truth it's, it's to power. It's truth to power, all right? To horsepower. You know, I don't want you, I don't want you in, in, our, in our DMs, but come on, all right? <laughs> the Hyundai Accent, it is not an off-road vehicle. Let's now, just maybe leave it there. I, maybe I can work something out with Honda, though. You know, maybe, Look, maybe the Honda would have, have had no problem in this storm. Yeah. I think that's gone. pretty clear. <laughs> All right, we're we're getting we're getting off okay, track. We'll get off topic. Uh, All right, back to so <laughs> so he tells her there's this winter storm. She drives the the Hyundai Accent. She's like, it's fine. It's just one day. She'll I'm be, be out back before here. the storm. Hits. That's right. That's right. Also, this is great rental car service because she's at the private hangar and he just has the car there waiting for her. I am going to point out, Jesse, that the guy yeah. mentions he was a huge fan of Laney Blue. And so yeah. I'm pretty sure he saw the the booking and was like, you know what? I'm going to drive this car onto the tarmac personally and hand mm-hmm. her the keys, open the door for mm-hmm. her and mention how important Laney Blue is to him. Yeah. So he got married was... to her song Promise. Yeah. yeah, that's that's the detail he mentioned. OK, so she has the car. <laughs> she drives to Baxter we get some really great, we've switched in L.A., we were getting some real L.A. vibes music, and now we're getting some of that bluegrass, some of that country music hitting us as we go into the Smoky Mountains. We see her driving up this beautiful scenery, long tracking sides with the car, and she gets to Baxter. She stops for some coffee. She's talking to people there, and immediately she's hit with some negative vibes from yeah. from the person serving her, people that know her but are really giving her some not warm welcome that you might expect. Yeah, and, and this is something that we'll talk about later on in this episode, but she it, it's clear to me why she doesn't come back to Baxter Mountain that often. If this is the reception that I got, you know, when I when I went back to Florida, I, I would not go back there very often. You know, yeah. pandemic yeah. and airline costs accepted, of course. But yeah. it's it's a negative it's a negative experience. We feel that kind of uncomfortableness that Laney Blue experience, we feel that ourselves as viewers, just watching her go through these interactions with uh, the barista, with the cashier, and with uh, other people who, who claim to have been her friends at one point in the past. She's just so, very standoffish. Yeah, so she does get a warm welcome from her mother. So she ends mm-hmm. up getting home. Her mother welcomes her. They, she has this great, you know, week plan. They're going to do a lot of Christmas definitely, activities. I, def- I definitely want to say that the relationship between Lainey and Susanna, her mother, is one of the high points for me in this movie. We, yeah. we see a lot of Christmas movies that are about family, and it's really heartwarming to see such a strong mother-daughter relationship like this. Terrell, uh, Terrell Rothery plays Susanna and just did a... Uh, fantastic job with the it. chemistry between them was great i thought it felt very real it felt like it was mm-hmm. her mom right yeah and very familiar her, but you know trying to get that like hey i want to recapture this family thing so she gets welcomed by her mom and and they're planning to go christmas shopping and, and laney sort of drops the bombshell hey mom look i gotta leave tomorrow i got this big opportunity 
to do Santa Palooza. The acoustics on the water are great. Paddle boarders <laughs> are the best audience, and we can really they can't launch clap this pop- because they're they're trying to <laughs> it's, paddle. It's hard to balance. It's hard to clap. Can't drop it. <laughs> really other than that, they are they are they are a great audience. Yeah. So. So, so she, you know, her mom's disappointed, but she's like, look, I understand you have this career. You really want to, you want to continue, you know, making it big and, and, and be her the mother, star that you her are. Her mother is supportive of this, yeah. which mm-hmm. it could have easily been that was gonna a be point the of conflict. contention, right? It could have easily been, be oh, I'm yeah. upset at you. I'm going to make this a miserable experience because you're, you're ditching me. But instead her mother's like, look, you... Your father would have been so proud of you. You know, her, her father passed away some years back. But your, she says your father would have been so proud of you and your career. And if you need to leave to go make it big, you do that. And I, again, I really appreciated that dynamic because it's it's an easy plot to, to go down. And, and they don't take it in this movie. They, they keep a strong familial relationship here at the core. So she, you know, spends the day with her mom doing some Christmas decorating. They're working on some right. cookies. They're doing Christmas shopping. Let's have the best day that we can before you have to leave. So then she goes to leave again in her 2017 Hyundai Accent hatchback. You know, the hatchback is the good choice, but it's not, not for this be weather. Good. Not, not for, this, for weather. this weather. As the rental car predicted, there is this winter storm, and she's trying to drive. It's whiteout conditions. She can't see anything. She's driving at night. Right, so this is it's less visibility. You don't have the strong he- headlights with the with the Hyundai. With the, well, not only that, Jacob, but with the snowing, you're getting that yeah. reflection. You can't use the high beams. Yeah. It's on this switchback mountain road, trying to get out of the Smoky Mountains, and she's stuck behind a snowplow that's going very slowly. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I don't want to give winter tips. I don't want to be responsible for anyone's safety, but I will say as a pro tip for driving in winter weather, if it's whiteout conditions, do not pass the snowplow. Okay, you want to be behind the snowplow because they are clearing snow for you. You yeah. will have more traction. It's just going to be a safer journey. Yeah, I'm 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 just, you know, I'm from Florida, you know, I've That's mentioned. right. Uh I so I'm not up on big city winters. I've lived here mm-hmm. in Massachusetts for a while, but I, you know, I, I, I could learn some stuff about winter. Now, normally snow is hard to drive on. Is that right, Jesse? That is correct. A that second is correct. follow-up Less question. Tra- if you see a snow bank, yes. right? Like a big mound of snow mm-hmm. being plowed by the snow plow, do you drive right. into it or do you drive around it? Just Well, is, is that your only two options? I mean, I feel like you... Could you get some air off of it? Are we trying to this do is not a, a ramp situation. This is it's not a ramp situation. situation. It's just no. a wall of snow the being plowed snow. by the snow plow. Being plowed by Should the you plow. try and go around the snow plow into the snow that it has recently plowed? Exactly. Or do you follow behind the... Because I, I, I'm watching this movie. I'm getting two different messages. I think that sure. you drive into the snowbank, according to Megan Hilty, because that okay. is what happened. She drives right into the snowbank, <laughs> immediately stops, which, you know, was very realistic. I thought it was going to be like a more exciting crash. Like she was going to go off the road. It's going to be more. Flip a but little. No, you know. she just drives. She tries to pass it because she's angry. She wants to get to make her plane to get to New York City. She's worried about it. She drives around the snowplow, just immediately stops, can't drive. <laughs> and total. the snowplow, the Sometimes. snowplow stops. And the driver gets out to check on her, and it turns out it's her ex-boyfriend from the same small town named Robbie. Yeah. Robbie is... Marcus Rosner here. um, Robbie, played by Marcus Rosner, is a snowplow driver, and he gets out of the car, and he sees Lainey. And immediately, you can sense tension between the two of them. Even before a word is out of either of their mouths, you can tell... These two have a history together, not just because it's a lifetime movie and the attractive male lead and the attractive female lead see each other. And, you know, there's a history there. This is clear tension in in the air between the two of them. And so Robbie first admonishes Lainey for driving in whiteout conditions like you've forgotten how bad snow can be living in L.A. Why would you try and go around a snowplow? She says, well, you were driving 10 miles an hour. He says, well, yeah, because it's a whiteout blizzard conditions. And what I'm are you in doing? a snowplow. <laughs> and this I'm is in a not snowplow. a Ferrari, okay? <laughs> so he agrees to give her a lift back into town. He says, there, I don't know how you're going to get to 
your plane, but it certainly is not out of the one road out of Baxter Mountain. Now, they did mention this many times yeah. going into the beginning of the movie that Baxter Mountain is a town with one road in, one road out, yeah. and that's it. So when this pass gets closed, you just can't get out. Yeah. So Robbie says, there's no way out of here. You are stuck. Lainey refuses to accept it, but realizes her car, her Honda, you know, she again, if she had a Honda, she could have gone maybe, you know, another another couple miles in that snow, in that blizzard. But with the Honda, she's not going to make it out of the town. So she takes Robbie's snowplow. He gives her a lift back to her house, to her mother's house. Her mother, of course, gets a little kick out of seeing Robbie and Lainey back together. She says, oh, it's good to see you two back together again. Both of them simultaneously say, we're not together. And you, of course, Classic know something, mom. Something's Classic going down. mom. She's, she's embarrassing her daughter over again. I can't wait till I have that, those kind of opportunities. <laughs> right? To embarrass your children? To embarrass my children. It's, you know, it's, it's, a, it's the long con where we're years away from that. This movie is giving me a taste and I love it. See, Jesse, I've decided to embarrass my children very early by growing mutton chops and just are you standing next your children, to them. Or are you embarrassing yourself? Let's really It's ask both. Ourselves. That's it's a combo, Jesse, and I think you know Two that. For one. <laughs> All right. So, okay. <laughs> Moving on. So, she's back. She can't get out of town, and Robbie says, she says, "I need you to clear it. When is this thing going to be clear?" He says, "You know what? If you have problems with the snowplow, take it up with the mayor." And she says, which is a great line. That's something that I want to say to people who have problems at my job. Hey, if you got problems with how I'm researching, with how I'm researching bacteria here, take it up with the mayor. That's right. I wish I had that kind of, that kind of. So she says, I will. She goes to the mayor's office the next day. Turns out, guess what? The mayor is also Robbie. (laughs) He holds, he wears many hats in this movie. He wears many hats in this movie. So, Based on that meeting, he says, look, I'm really busy. I have to organize this Christmas winter festival, this Christmas festival for Baxter Mountain. I'm busy with that. I can't snowplow while I'm trying to organize that, mainly because the talent who we had hired from out of town to play music at the winter festival can't get in because the snow is blocked. And so I need to find local talent and organize it. And she's saying the whole time, can't you just plow this road? He says, I'll get around to it, but we have all this other, you know, snow emergency related work, plus the Christmas festival organizing. If you help me out and organize getting musical talent based on your musical connections in town, Mm -hmm. being a major music star, gold records, everything, platinum Mm -hmm. records, with your connections back in the musical community in our town, get them to play at the Winter Festival. I'll have more time to plow the snow. Now... It did make me question why he couldn't just plow the snow and therefore let the talent in. Like, it seems like you solved both problems with one thing. Uh, but Jesse, for the I'm, purpose I'm, I'll of tell the you, movie. I'll tell you what happened. He was annoyed with Lainey and wanted her to leave his office. <laughs> but he wanted what, her to organize the festival for him. Uh, that's yeah. what was. Anyways. He wasn't, so we'll he wasn't like, he wasn't like I'll, I'll pay you, which, of course, would be the right thing to do. But, you know, if you want to exploit the... <laughs> If you want to exploit the very famous country music singer who comes from your town, then, you know, yeah. that's, a, that's, a, that's a decision that, that was made by the local government there. So she then has to go around to all of her old friends in the town to try and convince them. So her old music teacher, one of her good friends who, does, who always would sing with her when they were younger. Mm-hmm. And she's trying to convince them to play at this winter festival because if she does that, then Robbie will go plow the, the road and she'll be able to get to New York. And she's, you know, continually on the phone with her agent, Danny, trying to stall, say, hey, can you stall them? I really want to play Santa Palooza. I'm practicing my choreography here in my own old bedroom. You know, I'm doing all of these things. And throughout this time that she's trying to go do that, and again, as you mentioned, she's getting a really negative response. Like, her old music teacher slams the door in her face, like, I don't want to talk to you. Her old sort of best friend says, yeah, you know what, I don't like singing in public. I'm not going to do this for you. And it's it feels very personal against her. Like her mm-hmm. her best friend Lori is upset that Lainey has left and abandoned her just in in Lori's mind, you know, when they were about to hit it big. And instead Lainey left and 
left Lori on her own to live in Baxter Mountain. And Lori has harbored a grudge for many years over this. Um, yeah. You know what else we find out? Her mom sort of explains it to her, says that the people feel that you're not authentic, that you're fake. Mm-hmm. Right? So again, this sort of this theme of not being your authentic self mm-hmm. and being this L.A. country star, but really you should be this sweet mountain girl from Baxter, Tennessee. And and I think Lainey feels like she's both. And yeah, that she's certainly one trying to be both. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, if she were if she were truly inauthentic, I think she would have made the switch to pop music much earlier. That's right. And she wouldn't she wouldn't be complaining about having to wear new costumes, having to do this new choreography. She would just be like, "All right, well, yeah, let's do that because that's going to make me more money." Instead, as she's practicing, you can there's a, a very sweet scene where she's practicing the new choreography in her room. And mm-hmm. she's, you know, she's stumbling over it. She can't get the moves right because she's not used to doing this. She's not comfortable yeah. doing this. And her yeah. mother comes by and is like, hey, you know, why don't you take a break from practicing and come and we'll, we'll do some Christmas shopping. We'll do some Christmas tree decorating. And, right. and again, that a familial connection really strong here. So one of the things that I did did notice about this, so we should mention here that she was originally discovered through an American Idol-like contest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> where she wins the contest and that's how she gets her first record deal and then becomes a big country star. So it was one of those sort of open search, America's Got Talent, The Voice, whatever situations. And she makes it through and wins a Kelly Clarkson story almost, right? American Idol used to be huge. That was like, everybody was watching that. That was a great show. Yeah. It's just interesting that it's, we don't really really have to keep up have that that kind of impact anymore so laney throughout this process laney is going on sort of dates with robbie she keeps having food with him and meeting with him to try and check in on that snowplow deal and say hey like have you cleared the snow yet i really need to get out and he's always like no did you get me musical talent yet and she's always like no people hate me (laughs) and that happens several times she ends up going to a dive bar with Robbie and does karaoke with Lori, who is her friend, right? And they do a, a very nice duet. I did like sort of the live music touches in the movie. She ends up going to dinner because her friend's daughter is a huge Laney Blue fan. And so, you know, she ends up going to dinner at her friend's house. You would think that if your friend who was a famous music star came back to town, you would invite them to your house just because they were your best friend. But yeah. again, sort of these old grudges. And, and Lainey really does, most of the movie is taken up with Lainey uh, mending fences and doing a lot of work to try and regain the trust of the community that she left. It, it, is, it is kind of funny to me to think about the daughter seeing Lainey Blue and inviting her to her house. It's like if you, uh, you know, you're out doing some Christmas shopping and you see Taylor Swift and your mother says, oh, I don't talk to her because I, I had a fight with her back in high school. You know, we used to sing together. And so you invite Taylor Swift over to your house for dinner and you Taylor Swift is your new babysitter. That's the situation we're talking about here. The connection between Lainey Blue, Lori and Lori's children. It's transforms from one of very standoffish on Lori's part to begrudging acceptance as they have dinner together towards finally a re-blossoming friendship as they sing karaoke and later in the movie reconnect over uh, live performance. That's right. So just as a note here, she mends fences with her old music teacher who she wants the old music teacher's bluegrass band to play in the winter Uh festival. He originally slams the door in her face like, I don't play music anymore. That was a long time ago. I don't want to talk to you. Yeah. She breaks into his house and hangs up Christmas lights and other Christmas decorations while he's out of his house with a bunch of her friends. Yeah, she and a bunch now, of her friends do He's the last one she sort of collects. She's like putting the band back together for this winter festival, a la the Muppets, you know, Muppets Take Manhattan, something like that. Yeah. Right? And she's, she and all of her friends break into his house, and he shows up, and he says, hey, isn't this trespassing? You're trespassing. And she's like, yeah, but look at these beautiful Christmas lights I put up. And he's like, you're right. I've changed my mind. 
I'm no longer grieving for my wife who recently passed away. This is great. I'll play in your winter festival. Also, it they were basic lights. It was it was white white string lights. They weren't icicle lights. They weren't flickering. Where were the inflatables? I've seen, I've seen some. Where I've seen some crazy decorations. The inflatables. And this okay. This was the most basic. Like the you know, not to speak ill of the production team, but. They could have gone a little bit more all out than the Walgreens. Those lights are expensive, lights. though. Okay. They, they are expensive. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Okay, so... All right. So she... Spring, <laughs> for, spring, for the, spring for the budget on the Christmas lights in your Christmas movie, all right? That's That's, true. that's all I'm saying. That's true. Yeah. Buy so them, use them once, She gets everyone. She gets the them. band back together. She convinces everyone to do it. She's mended all the fences with her hometown. They realize that she really is her authentic self... Which is, of course, going to be broken when she plays at Santa Palooza and they realize that she's now a pop star. But she, she, she's shown her authentic self to them. They're, you know, all going to play at the Winter Festival. Her manager, the pass ends up being cleared just in time. Her manager shows up. Danny actually shows up in Baxter Mountain like, hey, I'm here to rescue you. Get in the limo. Let's get to the charter plane. You'll make it just in time. I hope you practice your choreography. And she's like, you know what, Danny? Santa Palooza is great, but the Baxter Mountain Winter Festival is the show that I want to do. And yeah. in doing this show, they're going to raise money to save the theater that her dad used to own, which, you know, we didn't mention. Yeah. There was a for sale side. She gets to Baxter Mountain. She gets out of her car. She looks over. Oh, it's her dad's old theater that her dad used to own and run. It has a for sale sign in front of it. And I was like, here we go. This is a break into electric boogaloo situation. We're going to have to have like a sing off to, to raise be fair, money. For you, it is, always, it is always a broken <laughs> an electric boogaloo situation. Situation. That is, that is true because that is, that is the, the best, one of the best sequels uh, of all time. But the point here is that I was all set for this big, like, we got to get everybody together. Let's get this community spirit together. We're going to sing and, and save the, the theater. But that really didn't happen until the very yeah. end when they sort of did it and talked about it. It's and they more saved of an the afterthought. Yeah, but it wasn't sure. the main drive. The main driving force was I need to get yeah. out of here to get to New York City. And it wasn't to save the theater. But at the end of the day. Well, I mean, because if, if they had thought about it, the correct answer to a world famous country music icon coming back to Tennessee and seeing a for sale sign in front of her father's old theater is, oh, I'll just buy that because I'm an incredibly wealthy country music star. So I'll just I'll just buy that. And well, then that have we know, transitioned to it. streaming in 2019? Is she that wealthy? Who knows? I mean, she has a very nice place out in L.A. She does. Have I know a very real nice estate is very like, expensive out very there. Very expensive, even in 2019. So, okay. So she sings in the festival. She mends fences with her friend. Her friend sings the festival. The old music teacher's bluegrass band plays. She does a whole song. They actually show the entire song, which it wasn't a montage. Mm-hmm. It was just like her singing yeah, the final singing, song, was... the climax of the movie. She, after the song, decides to make Baxter Mountain her home base, do sort of a grand old Opry-style show out of this theater, and continue this relationship with Robbie. So that's how the movie ends, is that she's it... decided to move from L.A., sell her place in L.A., and make Baxter Mountain her home base. Yeah, it wraps up It wraps up everything, if you will, with a bow. Really, yes. It puts that, a bow a on little top. Christmas, little Christmas yeah. pun jesse that's true take a bow <laughs> i was much to, worse I'm gonna, I'm much worse i'm cutting that, that i'm cutting, <laughs> cutting that. that out all right <laughs> all right so so anyways so that's the movie that's the reason for the season a lot of stuff happened but not a lot of subplots actually like i was expecting the assistant from the beginning to to stay through as sort of the sassy friend yeah. danny there was um, no love triangle i thought there no might be a triangle. love triangle angle with you know, maybe Lori and Lainey or yeah. with Danny and Robbie. But yeah. no, it's Nothing. it's it's played pretty straight. You know, this Very is straight. and this is coming from you know, we're coming off the heels of movies like Christmas Reservations where there are four d- independent there no, there are four love okay. connections yeah. and then I, also I, the it's dog. Hard to keep track. <laughs> so they can definitely pack a lot in and they just they chose to really focus in on the connections between Lainey and her old you know, friends and her family. It's really interesting. It really just is about Lainey. 
Yeah. Like it's Lainey's connecting, reconnecting with her Smoky Mountain from Tennessee and, and going that. I will also say at this juncture, just to be clear for the listeners, that the whole time you were watching this movie, you thought it was in Colorado. So in our pre-pod <laughs> meeting... I'm cutting this too. I, <laughs> you, this thought, cut. <laughs> you thought that this was in Colorado, not in Tennessee. And the Smoky Mountain references made a lot more completely, sense. Yeah, it was completely lost on me. Look, okay. look, in Florida, the entire state is almost below sea level right now, okay? Sure. So any mountains look identical to me. And to be fair, the scene where she flies into Tennessee and gets off the plane is one of the most heavily green-screened backdrops I've seen. Yeah. So that probably was Colorado. <laughs> Yeah, I think that All was right. Colorado. So I think I could be forgiven. We'll have to for, do some geo. We'll have that. to put that on GeoGuessr and see if we yeah. can get get some answers. All right. So <laughs> with that said, that was the reason for the season. I think we should move on to our segment called Christmas Confusions. Say what? Now in this segment, we talk about what in this movie confused us. Jacob. Usually in in these lifetime original movies, there are, are choices that they make, you know, plot wise or in setting wise that that are confusing to me. And for me, one of the most confusing choices that they made was the depiction of the small town of Baxter Mountain. One of the things about lifetime original Christmas movies is this idealization of small towns that. A lot of the characters that we see are uh, usually women going from big cities to small towns and realizing that the small town holds the heart, holds the light, holds the life that they want to live. But when Lainey comes to this small town, to Baxter Mountain, everyone hates her and is angry and abrasive. And to me, it really stood out because if I'm Lainey Blue and I get back there, the first thing I want to do is leave. I, you know, I go to a local coffee shop and my old friend from high school spits in my coffee, not literally, but figuratively spits in my coffee. You know, I'm, it makes sense to me that she drove her, her Hyundai into a snowbank trying to get out of the town. You know, it's, it was very aggressive. And I thought that that choice didn't make sense to me because they were mad that she was inauthentic, that she had left. And everything that we've been introduced to Lainey about is that she is struggling to remain authentic, that she is bringing the country music sound that she learned from Baxter Mountain. She's bringing that to the world, that she is struggling to avoid becoming a kind of generic pop star. And so, to me, that was confusing, that her instinct is, I've got to dig deeper and win these people over, rather than just, you know, I've been out of here for the past five years... I'll just hang out with my mother and then and then be gone. And why why should I stick around trying to win over these people who are so aggressive to me? So that that's confusing. that's very confusing. That's a great point. And the thing is, also this movie played it so straight. Like this is the first movie that really just stuck to that formula of the yeah. Lifetime original Christmas movie. No subversions. No Mark Ruffalo. Nothing played against type. And yeah. and really, no one, but no just one cut an apple with a knife, which I would missed. have made it better. I yeah. think. So my confusion, Jacob, watching this movie was this re- repetition of Baxter Mountain, Tennessee being a place with one road in, one road out, very easily blocked. You're going to get stuck. And that's as, central to the plot of this movie. As faithful listeners to our pod will know, yeah. Jesse, you have a fascination, I will say, with the geography of small towns. Jacob, a lot of people use Google Maps with the street layer, maybe the satellite layer. Yeah. I only ever use the topological layer. Yeah. Okay. I'm always looking at the terrain and seeing what's going on. And I'm here to tell you today, Jacob, you may not know this, but I'm here to tell you today, and you may have guessed where I'm going with this. <laughs> Baxter, Tennessee is a real place. Okay. It is uh, not again. only have multiple roads in and out. I, I would not even really call it in the mountains. It's in the foothills. Okay. <laughs> You look at the terrain, it's not even like the biggest part of the Smoky Mountains. I would say like Asheville, you're talking about, you know, Knoxville, these places, these are like where the mountains are. 
right? So so Baxter is a is a suburb. You can get there on I forty, Jacob, very easily. Maybe you want to take the, seventy the inter- north the state. The interstate is not out. gonna is not gonna snow over. They're gonna plow the interstate. Well, they could pretty, snow over. They but they're gonna plow over, pretty quickly. But there's just other roads. Also, you could take seventy north. <laughs> you could take fifty six. I mean, there's a lot of ways in and out. I I frankly I think that just pick a different place in Tennessee. Why does it need to be Baxter Mountain? It could be anywhere. You know, pick Whitleyville. Pick, you know, Granville, somewhere else that does it's, really it's only also, have one road in and out. It's filmed in Vancouver. Yeah. I could understand it if Baxter had given them some tax incentive and they had actually filmed on location. It's filmed yeah. in Vancouver, like most, like a lot of movies are nowadays. Yeah. And there aren't any Baxter specific iconography. You know, this Jacob, isn't. Baxter is in the valley. That's all I'm saying. You look at the terrain map, topological map, it's in the valley, it's right before the mountains. But you're not getting stuck there. You're going to get to Cookville very easily. You're going to be able to to get out. So, you know, Look, I'm not sure what they're talking about there. We've um, seen Lifetime Christmas movies ground mm-hmm. their film in a specific location. A Christmas Wish, yes. as we talked about, utilizes the setting in a real way. It, you, yeah, it, it and uses I believe it was real filmed there. They had places, real cafes, real places. and Real sense of place. This movie just went a different direction with it, and I yeah. think that the I think that it suffered for that, and definitely for eagle-eyed viewers like you, Jesse, yeah. they're gonna know that you have a lot of ways into Baxter, and this yeah. is it's gonna you're not gonna be able to suspend your disbelief if uh, I did have a problem. No, just take with that. just take I-56, yeah, you know, and 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 you'll well, be state out. Route, ha- state route, state state highway fifty six, but still, still a major road, and it's just a, it's almost like a suburb of Cooksville. So you know, I mean, yeah. I just think. Yeah, it's a it's a 200 stuck. miles to Bethlehem situation, Jesse. That's cause... exactly what we're saying here. All right. Yeah. So what else was confusing for you, Jacob? I mean, it's to to me, it wasn't so much confusing in terms of what happened, but more why it happened. Yeah. The fact that the mayor Robbie he has a lot of jobs. He, we mentioned he's a snowplow driver. He is the mayor. He is a former architect. He had a big. Robbie, to me, was also in the middle of his own Christmas movie because mm-hmm. he had a fiancé and a big city architecture job. And he builds a skyscraper. In he designs a skyscraper. He designs yes. a skyscraper and sees through its construction, which is something that a high-level architect is doing. This is you the have partner to be very famous firm. to get you know, a skyscraper design a skyscraper yes so he he is a very accomplished very established architect and he decides to leave that all because the skyscraper that he designed blocks the light to his favorite park mm-hmm. now my confusion jesse is yeah you're you're an architect you know mm-hmm. very famous very established very experienced architect okay i'm imagining um, this you're imagining this in your head do you do any kind of environmental impact surveys for when you build a skyscraper? Are there perhaps laws in place about light allowances that you would need to take into consideration when you build your skyscraper? Well, they're building this. He was building this in Boston, right? My knowledge of Boston <laughs> housing and construction is there's absolutely no zoning laws <laughs> whatsoever. It's completely and you can build You can build whatever building you want, wherever you want. That's my, my- understanding. <laughs> my my point of this is that this is a man who understands how buildings work. He understands that they are not transparent. He would know that it blocks the sun. And, and the fact that this is his, his catalyzing event to send him back to Baxter is kind of absurd to me. I was listening to his story and just not buying it for a second. But that, that was, that was my, my confusing, uh, the, the choice that confused me from the screenwriters there but i think was there maybe maybe one more confusion jesse so this 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 one really hit me Uh, i was confused about the work location for danny her manager does here's my question for you jacob does danny actually have an office he is her agent he must be a high-powered agent to have a have an artist talent so famous but he is never in an office. Like we don't see him at a desk answering phones. We don't see him on the headset answering phones. Like we often see agents do. 
he where, where has no he assistant himself that's answering the phone. He's always answering the phone, but maybe that's because she's a high talent, high profile talent. I don't know. But he's always getting he's getting a massage at different points in the movie. He answers her her phone call while he's getting a massage. He mm-hmm. answers her phone call while he's on the elliptical. He answers her phone call while he's in a car. He's just never in the office. He's always on the go, which maybe that was the point. He's a hustler. He's he's on the grind. Yeah, I expected him to call her Laney Baby at like some point. Be like, (laughs) hey, Laney Baby, I got a a gig for you. But yeah, so I'm just wondering about his workplace situation. Where, what firm is he attached to and where is his office? That was my confusion. I, I also want to point out that the final scene of the movie when Lainey is singing, the, is debuting her new heartfelt, authentic mm-hmm. song at the Christmas Eve festival in Baxter. Danny is there and he's live streaming it on his phone, which, first of all, that is a serious breach. You know, they, I'm sure that Baxter has rules and laws about streaming, you know, their local Their winter concert. festival. Yeah. They, they probably had, you know, a TV uh, channel that had signed exclusive rights, rights. To, mm-hmm. to to show it, and so that yeah. I, I thought was I thought the Smoky was Mountain Network. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, SM, SMN, and, and that that confused me as well. I thought that they he well, he would here's he the would thing. know better. Where is his assistant? Why is Danny doing all of this? You know, that's the other question. And yep. you didn't mention this: the song that she sings at the end is not a Christmas song. <laughs> this is all we I, listen to the entire we're, we're song, getting, and it's not a Christmas related song. Yeah, I, I was confused by that too. Yeah, this is a Christmas movie, and she's talking about her, finding her authentic self, and it's set at Christmas. How do you make the the star finale number of your movie not be a Christmas song? It just yeah, very weird. It the, it very didn't weird. make sense to me. Okay, all right. A lot Enough of confusion. A lot, lot of confusing things here, going on, especially with the ending. But let's talk for a moment, Jesse, about. Mm-hmm. The Christmas themes. Every movie that we watch with the Lifetime Original Christmas movies, they have Christmas themes in them. They deal with the idea and the feelings of Christmas in different ways. And one of the things that we like to do as we dive into these movies, it's try and understand what the movie is trying to communicate with us. What themes is it trying to develop in order to help us learn about the true meaning of Christmas? Yeah. So what what theme really resonated with you, Jesse, about this film? What Christmas theme really resonated? Well, I think that I'm just going to go back to what we were talking about earlier, Jacob. And for me, it's about being true to your authentic self and communicating that to other people, Mm -hmm. communicating that to those that love you. I think all of her problems stem from people thinking that she's fake, not understanding her because she's trying to be something that she's not. And the holiday season is reminding her, this is where you come from. This is your family. This is your home. This is who you are. And you should let that, That is how you can be successful in the world. So she doesn't need to change herself. She doesn't need to go to the big city pop star persona. She needs to be Lainey Blue from Baxter Mountain. And she can draw on that as a source of success. And and I think that, you know, that feeling of family and communicating your authentic true self, that's what I got out of the movie. Now, is that a traditional Christmas theme? I don't know. I mean, I think the family piece. Yeah, I, th- I think for me, th- that really strongly resonates with what I felt was another f- strong theme in this movie, which is the idea of the traditions of Christmas, right? We see that Lainey goes home at, when she's at a crossroads in her career. She has to make this choice to become a pop star, to change herself. And what does she do? She goes home. She goes back to her mother, back to the welcoming traditions of Christmas, the Christmas shopping, the Christmas cookies, the presents wrapping, the tree decorating, hanging up your one strand of lights that you've plugged into your one outside outlet. These traditions are what really allow her to be comfortable again. And I think that that's a a powerful message 
of why Christmas is so important to a lot of people, to myself, to a, a lot of people, is that you can us, establish yeah. these traditions that are warm and welcoming and that so much is changing in our world today. It, very quickly, you know, things are, are can seem dire, but when you go out and you chop down that Christmas tree or you mm-hmm. force your you know, 10-year-old son to get down on into the snow with the tiny hacksaw and chop away at the stuff. This I may be bringing something to this. Bring my own this, is, this seems like a memory. I feel like <laughs> but, you, you weren't very good at chopping it. I, I no, I was very bad. You. It was because my hands you. were so cold. I didn't have gloves. I think gloves. that's on you. Look, if you didn't bring the right gloves, that's on you. It, that's yeah. not on you. Your parents. No. That's true. That's true. But when you when you go back to these traditions, that can help you. I should remember. make my children cut down the tree. You're right. Now that you bring <laughs> it, it up, it's an important part. It's part of the tradition. We go and out and cut it down, but I've are. always cut it down because I was like, their little hands will get cold. Yeah, because it's freezing when we go. Because <laughs> it's so, and you can't properly hold it if you have puffy mittens on. You that's have right. to take those off. You have to take them off. Uh, and you're like yes. lying on the ground. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, so some strong Christmas themes in this movie. Let's move on <laughs> to our segment, New Year's Resolutions. In this segment, we take one of the Christmas confusions, one of the questions we had about this movie and our Christmas confusions, and we tweak the movie, suggest some change that we think would really resolve this question and just make the movie a better one. So, Jacob, what would you change about Sweet Mountain Christmas to make it even sweeter? I mean, there, there are two things that I'm going to change. First off, I'm going to set it in a town that's actually in the mountains. Easy change yeah. to make. Since yeah. it's not filmed there, it's okay. literally just the name. Whitleyville. Yeah. Whitleyville. Sweet Whitleyville Christmas. Nameless. That's another good one. There might be a Christmas-related one. I'll have to check. I'll, I'll get back to you on that. Anyway, easy change. The more difficult and I think more rewarding change is to tackle the question of why everyone is so hostile towards Lainey. In the movie, we see Lainey being very true to Baxter Mountain. She's carried with her the, the bluegrass music the aesthetic, the heart of Baxter Mountain to L.A. And so when she returns and everyone is hostile and standoffish to her, that doesn't make sense to me. That that that's, seems weird that they would be so aggressive. You'd think she would have more fans, more people who are appreciative of her. So my change, Jesse, is this decision to become a pop star. I'm moving that much earlier in the timeline. I'm saying as soon as she hits it big on American Idol or the equivalent in this yeah. movie. Mm-hmm. She realizes that in order to become big in in the outside world, outside of Baxter Mountain, she's going to change to become a pop star. She's going to lose that authenticity, that blue jeans and cowboy boots, and become a pop star. And so then when she returns to Baxter one, it makes sense why she's been gone so long, because she's mm-hmm. carrying guilt at having dropped the heart of Baxter Mountain so soon. And so when she returns and people are angry, People, I think, would be understandably angry at her for selling out her her roots and saying, you know, avoiding questions about where she's from. She's like, she could be like, she could have an interview where she says, "Oh, you know, I had to get out of Baxter Mountain in order to make it big in the world, right?" And so, if you do that, one, the aggression from the people, which is driving the conflict in the movie, makes more sense. It still is is frustrating from a sort of real world point of view that people would be yeah. so aggressive to you several years later. But in a mo- in the movie, it would make sense. And then it also allows for a much stronger character arc, as Lainey goes from someone who is very inauthentic and is not interested in her hometown. She goes back. She reconnects with her roots. Realizes this is where she's meant to be. And this is who she actually is. And she makes the change. She goes back to country music. She goes back to bluegrass. And that fulfilling uh, creative endeavor is what powers her later success and the heart of the movie. So that that's the tweak that I would make personally to Sweet Mountain Christmas. Jake, let's, to- pitch that, let's pitch that to Lifetime. We could call it Sweeter Mountain Christmas. 
and I think Jesse, it has, and I'm, has legs. I, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna I'm gonna set it in Colorado. All right, <laughs> Boulder. She's from Boulder. That's it. All right, we've changed. Oh man, should be Colorado Springs, but all right. So <laughs> we'll 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 workshop that. We'll workshop, we'll workshop that one. All right. So <laughs> that's a good tweak, Jacob. But let's take it all the way. What movie did we really want to see? And I think we can both agree we actually wanted to see the movie centered on Robbie about him being an architect and then going back and becoming the that's, the mayor. That's the much of more compelling movie. It has the it has the love angle where where he has a a fiance who he yeah. breaks up with. I think that's I think it's a better hook, honestly, than than the yeah. uh, that seems like the more traditional lifetime original Christmas movie arc where he learns that the big city success isn't worth it. Yeah. And he should actually be having success with his old high school sweetheart back in his hometown of Baxter Mountain. But we're now going to instead talk about, you know, far afield, completely different movie. We're going to go to our white elephant exchange. Now, as you know, listeners, in this segment, we love the puns that Lifetime Original Christmas movie titles usually contain, and we take the same title and we like to pitch a completely different movie. This week, a little bit difficult, because Sweet Mountain Christmas, not (laughs) really a pun. It's very specific. (laughs) It's not really a pun, and it talked about the location, but not really anything about the characters, so it's not really a plot-driving device of a title. So, Jacob, I have one. Do you have a white elephant for me? Uh, I do. I do have a. I do have a white elephant, Jesse. Okay. Uh, you know, I'm going to open exchange. it up. This we're... random present. What is it? Well, you're going to open up the box, Jesse. And inside, okay. You're going to see a movie that is about maple syrup. <laughs> now, consider this. Rather than a country music singer, yeah. this is a maple syrup confectioner okay. who makes all sorts of delicious treats. Yeah. From from maple syrup, maple sugar. Now, yeah, from maple from maple sugar, and it got famous by selling these candies. Now she's gone to the big city to try and expand her brand and reach a wider group of people, and in doing so, she has compromised the integrity of her candies. You know, they were originally were made with the finest. She watering maple syrup. it down. She's water- She's putting in high fructose corn syrup now. Oh she's adulterating oh, her horrible. her candies. And she hits a wall where her latest line of candies is just bombing. People are not enjoying it. People are not liking it. They're saying, this is not the flavor that I'm looking for. And so she's forced to go home for Christmas. And at Christmas, she returns to her home, which is up in the mountains, where her family, traditionally, it's the end of the season, and they've been tapping a maple syrup. And... In the month between the end of maple syrup season and Christmas, she has one month to develop a new flavor, a new type of Christmas confection. And so this movie is about, it's again about reconnecting with your roots, about being true to your authentic self, but actually understanding both the mountain and the sweet part of this title. Jacob, that's that sounds like a great movie. And I, you know, I like, I like that, you and I were thinking along similar lines. Did you also do a maple syrup one? No, I did not, Jacob. Okay. I did not. But I was thinking about food empires, food, obviously, Sweet Mountain Christmas. Yeah. So here's the movie I'm going to pitch to you. So you're the lifetime. Okay. You're opening this box. This is the White uh, yeah, Elephant I've got a lot of I've got a lot of scripts on my table. This one is wrapped, which right. I don't get often, so I'm, I'm very now You're opening it up. What I'm is inside? What is inside this? Jacob... I'm going to call this movie Spicy Mountain Christmas. Oh, I like it. I like it, Jesse. Spicy Mountain Christmas. And, Jacob, as I'm sure you know, not a lot of spices grow in the mountains, mainly herbs. You're talking about your French tarragon, your horseradish, some mince chives. You have some perennials. You can bring them in in the winter in pots, but mainly herbs. And so what we have is a special, the terroir of the herbs that are grown in the mountain, so in the specific place. We can make it Colorado. We can make it Tennessee. Doesn't matter to me. I'm going to put it in Tennessee for right now. So they're growing it up in the mountains. They have their own batch. She gets famous from making this sort of homemade pop-up shops, farmer's market. She moves to the big city 
to, you know, expand and create a spice empire, okay, and loses her soul in the process. And in going home for Christmas, realizes that her spicy, her spices are not that spicy anymore and that she really should scale back and move back to her hometown where her ex-boyfriend is still working, you know, at, you know, with his, with a farm that's maybe failing and we have to save this with, with a big cookout at the end, a Christmas dinner, perfectly spiced. And here's the great thing, Jacob, here's the product that she gets that puts it over the top. And that is that sweet mulled cider. She gets that secret ingredient by growing it back in the mountains. It's a spicy mountain Christmas. You have the mulled cider. You're there at Christmas time. You're drinking it. And that's how we end the movie. And and she gets back with her old flame back in the mountains so that she can grow the perfect, you know, spice for that mulled, mulled cider. So that was our White Elephant Exchange. What a great White Elephant Exchange. We do normally do a re-ranking where we argue about where this we ranks. We don't have to argue about I, this one. We do not have to argue about this. This was this no bold swings, no Christmas ham, no actors chewing the scenery. It's just very straightforward. <laughs> this, to me, bottom of the list, Jacob. This is a number seven. This is... It, 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 we've we've watched seven movies now by... I don't know if I would say by far, but it is at the bottom uh, at of the, the list for me. It's the, it's number seven. I don't expect it to remain as... I, I don't expect it to remain single digits over yeah. the next couple films. We've got a yeah. movie We've got a movie coming up that has Chevy Chase in it, and yeah. I cannot imagine that movie being worse than this one. No. All right. No. This is very straightforward. So, Jacob, speaking of other movies, let's move on. What... Oh, what's that? Wait. What's that I hear? Is that I hear on the stairs? What is that? Is that is that the sound of chains rattling on the stairs? Oh, that's right. It's the Ghost of Christmas Future. The next movie that we're going to talk to you about next week is titled Merry Little Christmas. And L.com describes it as such. Did you like the movie Little? Then you will love Kelly Rowland playing a tech entrepreneur who loves her family but not enough to let them mess up her gleaming, perfect, brand-new home before a big photo shoot. While a Christmas wish doesn't turn her, quote, little... I'm That's with D's that instead little, of T's. I'm assuming that little is the yeah, name. Yeah, little. The, little the instead of name. little. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She does recapture the magic of Christmas with the help of a new neighbor. The film is inspired by Roland's own life and features new music from the Destiny's Child singer. Jacob, is there a Beyonce cameo? That is what I can't wait to find out. This is very exciting. Jesse, oh, I, man. I don't think Lifetime has the has the budget for a Beyonce cameo. I think I would have heard about it already. I think that's the, I, I, the important part. I also think they would have said it in the... I think yeah. L.com would have said that prominently yeah. first sentence. Well, who knows if they watched it? Maybe it's there. She's in the background. <laughs> we'll have to, to keep a lookout. That's out. true. This is, this is the list that ranked The Spirit of Christmas number one, so... Yeah. All right. Okay. All right. Well, well, there we go. Looking forward to that one, Jacob, and to some more big swings, hopefully more big swings in the future. This one, pretty straight, a pretty straight Christmas movie. Not bad. Not like not, poorly not, executed. Not bad. But, just not ambitious. Yeah. Not ambitious. You know? And we like we like the big swings here at, at Christmas of a Lifetime. We the, the metaphorical throwing yourself up against a chain link fence. That's right. Of Christmas movies. All right, with that, we'll see you next week. And Merry Christmas to all. And to all, a good night. (laughs) All right. Love you too, Jess. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Mayor walk into a bar. They both order a drink. I forgot how many days till Christmas. It's 350. 52. Just take that. They both order a drink. There's 352 days until Christmas, and you're watching The Christmas of a Lifetime. Jacob, it's your listener, too. Oh, oh. That's why they call me One Take Jake. Uh, I called myself that and then proceeded to have several takes. It was old. <laughs> <laughs>